नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय King Parikshit said, O my Lord, my spiritual master, now I have fully heard from your grace about the dynasty of Swayambhuva Manu, but there are also other Manus and I want to hear about their dynasties. Kindly describe them to us. Manbantare harer janma karmani cha mahiyasa Gininandi kabayo brahmam sthani no varasrin vatam O learned Brahman, Shukadev Goswami, the great learned persons who are completely intelligent describe the activities and appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead during the various manvantaras. We are very eager to hear about these narrations. Kindly describe them. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has different varieties of incarnations including the Gunavatars, the Manvantara Avatars, Lilavatars, and Yugavatars, all of which are described in the Shastras. Without reference to the Shastras, there can be no question of accepting anyone as an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, as especially mentioned here, Grinanti Kavaya, the descriptions of various incarnations are accepted by great learned scholars with perfect intelligence. At the present time, especially in India, so many rascals are claiming to be incarnations and people are being misled. Therefore, the identity of an incarnation should be confirmed by the descriptions of the Shastras and by wonderful activities. As described in this verse by the word Mahiyasha, the activities of an incarnation are not ordinary magic or jugglery, but are wonderful activities. Thus, any incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead must be supported by the statements of the Shastra and must actually perform wonderful activities. Parikshit Maharaj was eager to hear about the Manus of different ages. There are 14 Manus during a day of Brahma, and the age of each Manu lasts for 71 Yugas. Thus, there are thousands of Manus during the life of Brahma. O learned Brahman, Shukadev Goswami, the great learned persons who are completely intelligent describe the activities and appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead during the various Manvantaras. We are very eager to hear about these narrations. Kindly describe them. Srila Prabhupada is here in explaining the various categories of the incarnations of the Supreme Lord 
as is described in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna says in Gita, Janma Karamachame Divyam Evam Yoviti Tattvata Yaktvade Hampunarajunma Naitimam Eti Sorajuna. That one who understands the transcendental nature of his appearance and activities never takes birth in this material world again. Now, to understand the spiritual quality of Krishna's appearance in this world is a very, very deep and sublime subject matter. And the Srimad Bhagavatam approaches this matter in a most scientific and systematic manner in which it describes uh, in great detail why the Lord comes, how he comes, the various categories of incarnations in which he appears, as well as what is his appearance, where he is taking his birth, and what his activities will be. Therefore, when one understands the great science of Srimad Bhagavatam, one cannot be misled by the common man who is claiming that my guru is God. Uh, when the Supreme Lord appears, it must be confirmed specifically by the scriptures. And not only that, but such an incarnation, it is not that he simply performs some word jugglery or some magic tricks, but he must perform wonderful, wonderful activities. Just like today, there are many self-appointed incarnations of Godhead, and they may be able to speak in a very hypnotizing manner, or they may be able to perform some magic uh, in our Bharatiya Vidya Bhavan next door for the next three months there is a magician who has rented out the auditorium in fact we were very anxious to have our interfaith conference there where we're inviting many deeply spiritual personalities to discuss Sanatana Dharma, the goal of life, the absolute truth, and the way human society can really find peace, happiness, and love amongst themselves. In this age of quarrel and hypocrisy, where there is so much conflict, and there is so much disharmony in the hearts of men, especially here in India, there's killing, terrorism every day, where innocent lives are being wasted, consumed by the fire of envy and hate. There's a great need for the reestablishment of real spiritual principles. 
So of course we consider this very important but there's no room in time because they have the magic show. People are more interested in a magic show. And factually it is a fact. If we had a three-month interfaith conference every night, how many people you think would come? The first night, a couple hundred. The second night, maybe 150. The third night, 100. Huh? People are not so interested. But magic show, huh? In order to turn us down means that they must be filling up the whole hall every night. Huh? People are very nicely interested in magic shows. Uh, and of course, such magicians, before your eyes, they can create illusions that just beyond our worldly experience. We cannot understand how is this possible. They defy the relative laws of what we consider is possible. This is a magician. They go against all, all the common laws of nature. And they contradict all of our experience of what is possible. And it's such a wonderful and hypnotizing event that people, ah, they will do anything. Ah, they will give anything ah, as far as the time of their life to mm, witness such a display of mystical tricks. Just like there was one, the most famous magician in America. He was very expert. He, <coughs> he invited as many people as wanted to come to go to the New York Harbor where he said that he would make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Huh? Did you hear about this? You know how big the Statue of Liberty is? The Statue of Liberty is a huge statue. How many stories high is it? Probably about 12, 12 stories high. It's a very, very big statue. And it's standing in the New York Harbor. And people have been coming for hundreds of years to see the Statue of Liberty in Manhattan, New York. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people were standing on the bank of that harbor looking at the Statue of Liberty. It was at night. She was all lit up. And this man, who's the most famous magis magician in America, he's just constantly doing things that people can't believe. How could he possibly do these things? He said, I will make the Statue of Liberty disappear tonight. And it was on television. There were television cameras there and everything he invited. And right before everybody's eyes, this is not 500 years ago. People say, oh, it happened so long ago. How do we know if it really happened? This was just two years back. Right in front of thousands of people's eyes, in front of ca television cameras, he actually made the Statue of Liberty disappear. And people were absolutely shocked. First he had a huge, huge curtain that he put up. 
and he covered the Statue of Liberty, and then he raised the curtain, and the Statue of Liberty was gone. And everyone was just going, <gasps> he did it. How is it possible? He did it. And then people were in anxiety because the Statue of Liberty, which is the symbol of America, was gone. Ah, you know, there were previously uh, enemies wanted to destroy the Statue of Liberty just to defy America, but here the Statue of Liberty was gone. So people were in great anxiety. So then after some ta time, after playing with the minds of these people, the Statue of Liberty appeared again. People were thinking, this man is very great. But when you talk to him, when he was interviewed after, he said, this is not anything great, it is just a question of knowing how to do it. It's not any... He said, it's not really magic. He said, it's just an art of knowing how to do it. And he's constantly performing amazing, amazing spectacles of this sort. In fact, he's one of the highest paid entertainers in all of America. When he goes to Las Vegas, where people pay great, great sums of money to see an entertainer, wherever, whenever he performs, wherever he performs, uh, it's, uh, there is not a seat to be filled. People just come to see him. And he'll just stand on stage for hours and just perform tricks that are beyond reality to people's eyes. He's mastered the art due to his previous karma of magic. So people are very anxious to see such things. They're not very anxious to hear about the Absolute Truth. They're not very anxious to hear about how to give up sinful activities and surrender to God. They're not very anxious to see those persons who are dedicating their life and soul in the service of the Lord, but they're very, very anxious to see magic. So, of course, just as there are magicians who just know how to manipulate the gross matter to make these things appear before our eyes, there are mystical magicians who know how to manipulate subtle matter to manipulate things before our eyes. In other words, they do not have to perform tricks. Of course, it is a trick, but it's, it's a trick where on the subtle on the grounds of the subtle elements, they can actually make things happen, not just a show that it appears that it happens, that it, but they make it happen. But of course, a devotee understands that this whole world is illusory. So whether you're manipulating the illusory world uh, in such a way that it actually didn't happen, but it appears to happen, or that it did happen, as you are saying it does happen, uh, either way, it's all an illusion. It's all illusory. It's all magic tricks. The magician at the hall or the uh, mystic yogi in his ashram, they are all magicians. People are very fond of this. But it is described here when the Lord appears, he actually performs wonderful activities things that the magicians cannot do. 
Just like Lord Sri Krishna, how he lifted the Govardhan hill with the little finger of his left hands and held it for seven days. That hill today is 14 miles, 21 kilometers around. How is that possible? How he, uh, how he conquered such uh, inf incredibly powerful asuras or demons like Putana and Aga and Trinavarta. How Sri Krishna showed the entire universe within the mouth of his mother. How he expanded himself in the Rasa dance arena to dance with each and every gopi. How he played upon his flute and charmed the entire universe, all of creation, with the beautiful melodious sound. How he built the Dwarka fort and lived in 16,108 palaces simultaneously with 16,108 wives. And in each palace he was uniquely engaging in very, very different activities with each one of his consorts. These are things that no magician can perform. These are wonderful, wonderful activities. How Matsyavatar grew to a size millions of miles long and save the earth, save the, uh, the species of life on earth, as well as Satyavrat Muni, or Satya, King Satyavrat from the devastating flood. How the Lord assumed such a huge form as Lord Varaha Dev uh, in order to uh, lift the earth within the tusks of his boar-like form and save it and kill the demon Hiranyaksha. Uh, how the Supreme Lord as Parasaram, uh, how he destroyed the generations of Kshatriyas 21 times. How as Lord Narahari, he appeared as a half man and half lion to destroy all the Asuras in his ghastly, magnificent form. How the Lord appeared as Sri Ramchandra, to although appearing like an ordinary man to his parents and to others, Ah, how many wonderful activities he performed that are beyond comprehension. Ah, how he killed the mighty Rakshashas. How he charmed the hearts of all the world, all the residents uh, of Ayodhya. In this way, when the Lord appears, like Ramchandra, uh, he was challenged by uh, Sugriva, that my brother Bali, he was able to pierce these uh, sal trees. I believe there were seven sal trees, uh, or six, there were six sal trees. I, and he was able to pierce each one of them individually with his arrow. Sal trees are very big, hard, strong, stout trees. So Lord Sri Ramchandra effortlessly took his bow and his arrow and he shot an arrow and it went through all of these trees, one after another. And then it went down into the center of the earth, Patalaloka. And then it came back up. And then it went back into his quiver. What man, no magician can do such things. So when the Lord appears, he performs wonderful activities, just not just magic tricks like they perform on stage. 
And it is also described that when the Lord appears, just so that the innocent and honest devotees will not be misled by false prophets. Uh, it is explained exactly how he appears and why. So this narration uh, by Shukadeva Goswami is being very much appreciated by Maharaj Parikshit. It is described here, O learned Brahman Shukadeva Goswami, the great learned personalities who are completely intelligent describe the activities and appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead during the various Manvantaras. We are very eager to hear about these narrations. Kindly describe them to us. So real intelligence is to be eager to hear from the right source about the beautiful appearance and activities of the Lord during his various most wonderful incarnations on this earth. Uh, and of course in India just just previous generation people were so pious that in practically every town, every village, every city most of the residents at night after coming back from their working they would sit together to read the Mahabharat to discuss the Ramayana to discuss the Srimad Bhagavatam and they would be very anxious to invite saintly sadhus in bona fide sampradayas to come to their homes to describe these wonderful narrations to them. This is real intelligence. Whatever classification we are according to the Varnashram system, real intelligence is symptomized by the eagerness to hear from authoritative sources about the most munificent activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Why is this real intelligence? Because it is through this process that we can be relieved of all the illusions. We can be relieved of the exploitations of this world and thus free from all suffering and we can reestablish again within our lives our natural loving tendencies toward God and that is the real goal of life and to pursue this goal of life is intelligence and to neglect this goal of life is ignorance we are not concerned with what the worldly people think in terms of what is real success and what is valuable in life. We are only concerned with the criterion given by the great saints and the great scriptures. The great saints and the great scriptures, they declare that the only means of understanding our true identity is through the process of hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord. And therefore, Ah, this is our standard of intelligence. We are not concerned with any other person's standard of what they consider intelligence. Do not let the world mislead you. Family members will tell you, what are you doing this crazy uh, 
spiritual life of yours. You are not being practical. What will you do? How will you live in this world? How will you provide for us? Uh, this is all such an illusion. They are putting their goals in life in the temporary objects of destruction in this world. Therefore, a devotee is nev never cares for these things. Never. He does not even consider these things. And the politicians and the society at large, they are creating an entire establishment within this society simply to trap our minds, to pressurize us in such a way to think that if I do not have this and I do not have this, how will I survive? How will I be happy? All artificial necessities. But these scriptures and these sadhus and God himself, they claim that all you need is God. If you have Krishna, you have everything. If you do not have Krishna, you have nothing. So put God first and in the center of your life. Accept the verdict of the great souls. Never accept the verdict of the common man. Even when the common man does turn to spirituality, generally he's more interested in a magic show than he is in seriously surrendering to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So therefore we are not concerned with such uh, croaking of frog-like personalities. We are concerned with the beautiful song of God. Uh, so here we are about to embark on this beautiful narration uh, which is going to describe the Manvantaras. It is described that the Manus, there are 14 during every day of Lord Brahma. In fact, just like we uh, We divide the day into hours and minutes and seconds. So in the Shastras, the day of Brahma is not divided commonly by hours, minutes, seconds, or years. But it is divided in this way, that there are four yugas. There is the Satya Yuga, there is the Dwarapa Treta Yuga, the Dwarpa Yuga and the Kali Yuga. And, this Kali, and this, these uh, four Yugas, when they, all of the four Yugas uh, are in together, that is called one Yuga cycle. That means going through all of the four Yugas. Seventy-one Yuga cycles. Is the age of one Manu. And that means each Manu has reign. He, ha he is the controller for uh, 71 Yuga cycles. And there are 14 Manus. And that will consist one day of Lord Brahma. That is a very long time. Uh, 
it is something like what 311 trillion years it's a very long time so in this way we can understand the great extent of the life of Lord Brahma who is a jivatma just like you and me but who is living a very long time uh, but who are we? We are so insignificant. We are so small. And yet we think we are so great. We think that our life is so important. We are so selfish. The appearance and disappearance of happiness and distress in our life, it lasts maybe a few minutes, a few days, a few hours, at the most a few years. We're thinking this is such an important thing. Our mind is just completely obsessed in these matters, these petty matters. But compared to the life of Brahma, our entire life is nothing but a second. And compared to Krishna, the entire life of Brahma is not even a second. So we are so insignificant. So therefore, the real conclusion that we should come to after hearing about these great, after all, the scriptures are telling us factually how insignificant we are, how great Brahma is, the extent of life, time and life that he is living. It is all meant to show us that we should fix our mind not on our own petty little life, but to fix our mind on Krishna. Fix our mind on the eternal, infinite reality of the spiritual world rather than the pettiness, the insignificance of the trans transformations of this world that come into our own life. And that is intelligence. Therefore, when we come together to hear the glories of the Lord, when we chant His holy names, we are fixing our mind on that beautiful form of Sri Hari, which is eternal, full of knowledge and full of bliss. And thus our mind is diverted away from our own selfish little petty existence, which is temporary, full of ignorance and full of miseries, and so very, very, very insignificant. And by hearing such narrations by the lips of Shukadev Goswami or his bona fide representatives, uh, we can very easily be freed from all the problems, anxieties and miseries of life. <coughs> The real sadhus, they do not show us mystical tricks that can also be displayed by the magicians. After all, uh, there was one German man, he came to India. He was seeking out um, what it was in India that people were so attracted to by the yogis. And he met many, many great yogis. He said that I have met people who could walk on water. That's very nice, but we have, common man has also invented a boat that can also go over water. He said, I have met yogis that can fly in the sky. Many people would be very impressed by this. He said, that's very nice, but even in our Germany, we have our Lufthansa Airlines, we can also fly in the sky. He described that every mystic power we have yogis that can create gold, we have seen. We can, also, we can also create gold. It might take us a little more time, 
So he said, I have not seen anything really that the yogis have accomplished that man cannot accomplish. I have seen yogis cure diseases, but through our medical technology we are also curing many diseases. He says, but the only yogi that I have found that is doing what no other, what no, what no material uh, means in society can accomplish is Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Because by his words, by his glorification of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is enlightening us with loving devotion to the Supreme Lord. He is connecting us with an eternal reality in the loving service of Lord Sri Krishna. He said, therefore, he said, I want to become your disciple because you're the only one who is giving something that I cannot get in the Western world. You are giving love of God. And this is a fact. By hearing the glories of the Lord, by being eager to hear these glories, those persons, Shukadev Goswami, he was not a mystic. He was simply a humble devotee. Why is he so great? Because he simply spoke the glories of the Lord with a pure heart. So by associating with Shukadev Goswami and his divine representatives, that is the real form of intelligence in this world. Then we can understand through direct perception as our heart is purified how to fix our mind on the eternal, unlimited reality which is full of knowledge and full of bliss. And thus our mind is rescued from attachment to the sources of misery in the form of our insignificant, petty, little temporary material and mental existence. Is there any questions? Yes. Let us see any magician do like he. Let us see any magician show the universal form like Krishna did to Arjuna. You see, there are eight mystic perfections. And you have a limit of how much mysticism you could perform in this. But Krishna, when Krishna appears, he goes way beyond what any mystic yogi ever has the power to do. Hmm? He displays the wonderful activities of the spiritual world. Even though Krishna was appearing like an ordinary boy, at times, just to establish that he was the Supreme, he would show these unparalleled pastimes. But that is not enough. Because not only are his activities wonderful, beyond the power of any mystic, but also he himself has described when he will appear in the scriptures. So these are the two um, two means by which we can understand who is a real avatar. One is that he is spoken directly in the Shastra 
his coming, his appearance, his name, his form, and also that he is performing very, very wonderful activities that nobody else, despite any material um, acquisition of powers, can ever perform. So if one can be proven to be an incarnation by these two standards, then we accept. Otherwise, we do not accept. Just like this hall can be filled up every night for three months by a magician. So you can imagine someone who's a mystic magician. Huh? How many people will come to see such a person, to take shelter of such a person? People want to be entertained. People are not very anxious to surrender. The real, the real sadhus, they are teaching you how to surrender. Therefore, you will not expect to find so many people after such great souls. Huh? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.